0: Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, offering quality live programming with holistic, spiritual, psychic, and metaphysical hosts. Welcome to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Straight talk, enthusiastic support, and heartfelt encouragement for you to open up to your Sacred sexuality, and now your host, Leslie Blackburn. <laughs> oh, my love!
1: Oh, allowing our bodies to settle in, be here now. We are on a journey—quite a journey—on this planet, in this time, in May in 2020 the past couple of months have been quite a journey and continuing and a bit of our topic today will touch on that and at first just honoring where we are this is sacred sexuality as a journey of really getting a chance to openly discuss and be curious about sexuality and consciousness and other facets of our journey that are maybe uncomfortable or we feel shy or sometimes squashed away in the shadows So we're going to get a chance to sort of be with, bring up the questions that maybe are unspoken, and um, explore facets of our sexuality and consciousness we don't often get a chance to. So as we do that, we are going to begin with a little bit of what's it like to settle into our own bodies and our own presence, as we do in this journey of sacred sexuality, listening to your body. So I invite you... to notice where you're sitting, standing, lying, however you are relating with the planet at the moment. Invite an exhale with some sound, Ah, sigh, a rumble. Mm. Just let it out. Ah, What are things that you might be hanging on to, carrying kind of hauling through the day that really don't need to be. Can you give them a little space to let go? (sighs) And acknowledge if there's ones hanging on that really feel like they need to be, let it it stay. Really invite deep self-love and care and acceptance with whatever is present with you. It's not about judging ourselves and thinking that we need to force something to change or make something be different about our bodies. What's it like to listen to right now? Take a moment to notice your pelvis, your pelvic bowl, pelvic floor. Can you make any adjustments you need? Maybe rotating and spiraling a little bit in space or rocking the pelvis Really feel a sense of the way it can relate to the earth if you're seated. Make any adjustments you need to feel a sense of support. To maybe increase that sense of support just a little bit. Can you let more of your body weight be held by the earth? Ah. And then take a moment to scan through the body to notice the space of your midline, and to make any micro adjustments you need to feel a little more space, length, ease, light, as you notice your midline, scanning through the crown of the head, in the centers of the brain behind the eyes, and the roof of the mouth, and the throat, and the space behind the heart, diaphragm. Mm, upper belly, mid-belly, noticing the space in the pelvic bowl, this deep space of our creative center, sexual center, for those identify as having a womb space. Noticing your pelvic floor, noticing your sit bones, leg bones in the hip sockets, knees. Lower legs, heel bones, soles of the feet, tips of the toes. And inviting your roots from your pelvic floor, from your feet to spiral down through the structures you're seated on, through the spaces below that, through any foundation, or if you are direct, in connect, right into the soil of the earth. Regardless where you are, allowing those roots down into the soil, past the water table, into the deep central core of the earth, wrapping around the core. Ah, And then gently widen, noticing yes and midline, out to the edges of your skin, your body, out to the edges of your body beyond, into the space above, behind, around, in front of, noticing your relational space, with the world around you, gently maybe opening, reopening opening your eyes, allowing in the light. Ah, and being here now. Allowing yourself that gift. Mm. Beautiful. So, as we continue on this journey, what we are going to explore today is a little bit of a question that came to me. It's come to me a couple different ways from wonderful beings who have a lot of care for themselves and each other and the planet Um, about sexuality and touch. As we are in a pandemic and in social distancing and isolation and quarantine, that what's it like to acknowledge and honor our human touch needs and our sexuality needs and honor care for ourselves and each other and the planet. And um, so these questions have come up and I want to start to meet these. There's some, I think some things that aren't being talked about as much, you know, and hearing folks um, a little shy about it, like, wait, but I, but the thing that's, that's hardest for me in this pandemic is like, I'm being, I'm being quarantined alone. I'm solo. I don't have a, a human partner with me to explore touch and sexuality. And, and I feel guilty that that feels like important to me while other people are really struggling and either sick or ill or dying or working on the front lines, so to speak, in a lot of intense situations, supporting other beings, or doing our essential care of getting food and supplies to people through, through our sequence of, of how we, you know, move through that supply chain, so to speak, all the workers, all the people who are helping deliver and prepare and package and, um prepare food and get food to people and to groceries and far, from farms to groceries and so there's a lot, right? There's a lot in that and um a lot of fear and a lot of a lot of sense of like self shame or guilt around like well, but wait, I have sexual needs too and how am I how can I meet those in this time? So I want to explore this topic today and it has a few um threads for me. It has a few directions. Um so I'm really grateful that we're bringing this in that those of you who have reached out about this have and it's not it's not shallow it's not wrong to feel and want and desire human contact and I want to start with that the nature of human contact as we've explored in past shows being so crucial it's really important that we have human contact um and that that is actually not just a sexual thing it is a life human mammal thing it is what's it like to have the the safety in our nervous system to feel plugged in and connected and belonging and a sense of like i'm not alone and and one way that we can feel that is through human contact and um, studies have shown how important that is for our babies, and, and that doesn't change. It's important for all of us as we grow into young adulthood and adulthood. And um, and that said, there are ways we can meet that for ourselves that may not look like what we thought. So I want to dig into that a little bit, this nature of human contact. Um, and we're going to explore a little bit about the energetics and the opening of a real relational field from afar, like we actually can connect from afar as well as with sexual flow, even without proximity, it's really possible to exchange sexual energy. Um, And there's the, the whole nature of self and exploring um, our sexuality with ourselves, which this is a beautiful, wonderful time to really deepen that practice. And the way that actually supports our energetic bodies and our capacity to be present with energy that will serve as we come in back into relationship and contact, which we will with other humans more. And um, what I invite actually is it's a gift that we're, we're able to take a chance to reset so that we can come at, back into relationship when we, when, as we do really consciously. Um, and I believe it's a time and a possibility, a high possibility of change for consent for really acknowledging consent culture and um, being very slow and intentional and deliberate about how we re-engage with our own bodies and each other um, because it will be necessitated. And, and I invite is kind of important all along and sometimes gets really blown through. So this invitation is going to be like, how can we see the gift in this? So the first piece, human touch, um, and how it supports uh, our nervous system, really is about, um, I want to talk a smidge about the nervous system for to support this, and that is, um, as we've explored before, in the autonomic nervous system, we have various facets, and for the sake of a discussion, I want to touch on um, kind of two of them, I'll say. So traditionally, we'll look at the autonomic nervous system and say, oh, yeah, there's two branches, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. There's actually a third, maybe even a fourth, depending on how we look at it. And I'm going to bring one of those in. So first, sympathetic and parasympathetic. The sympathetic nervous system is that part of us we often hear associated with fight or flight or freeze. I like to think of it to help me remember the S of the sympathetic um, is the S of stress. And not that stress is bad, we need stress actually to survive stress is part of what Um, provides the sort of like tonality and um, uh, structure that we move, you know, so it's about like getting things done and being activated and, you know, moving through a day that those aren't bad things and they can get over. We can often in our systems be sort of overwhelmed that direction and be so fired up that we have a hard time coming down off of that day to day. And this has to do with the way body the body stores old information or old activations that sometimes has a hard time down regulating um, trauma and um, the the facets of um, what I'll call the the huge umbrella of trauma which to me uh, I 'll just take a sentence with just this idea that anything that has been stored in the body that we're still hanging on to um, that um, that is what I'm naming as trauma. So that has a huge spectrum. It can be something as, quote, simple or seemingly less impactful, although it it can have a huge impact, as emotionally unavailable parents, all the way into the, the spectrum of um, uh, abuse and um, sometimes and, – and then, like, rape, violence, war – and we get into, as we get into the, that other end of the spectrum, we're getting into very complex ways that that can store in the body, sustained abuse, sustained trauma, war. But there's a whole spectrum in there of um, bullying and uh, ways in which we just haven't been held or honored um, in our choices of who we are. And our bodies can hold that. So it's a very, I, I hold a very wide definition of trauma is, is what I want to touch on here for now. So as we then look at the sympathetic nervous system, we can get activated and sometimes be activated so much that it's a hard time to drop down out of it. And that's not uncommon. It's also the part of our nervous system that uh, traditionally sexuality gets connected with because of the dorsal nerve of the penis and the dorsal nerve of the clitoris being a part of the sympathetic branch of the nervous system. And while that's true, and there's definitely a facet of our sexuality that's connected with the sympathetic nervous system, what gets overlooked a lot is that we also have a deep sexual connection through our parasympathetic nervous system wiring. So we'll take a moment with that. The second piece of the autonomic nervous system is the parasympathetic. And that's this sense of the P of parasympathetic, I think, of peace. So peace, rest, digest. And this sense of like dropping down off of the charge of activation, of having to do, resting in the value of and the simply being. It's the time where our nervous system can drop down, get wider, and give a little space for bodily functions to happen, like digestion that we don't overtly plan or control. It's where the rest sequence happens and the cleanup crew comes out in the brain, in deep sleep, for example, the system, the glial cells in the brain, the system that sort of clears out and makes space and washes away or recycles the byproducts of cellular function. So metabolic function and all this produces waste. And we have to have a chance to let some of that clear back out, you know, as, that's, as those byproducts are happening. And... Um, bring in vibrancy and juice and fresh new juice of our cerebrospinal fluid and the f- other fluids in our body so that we can repair and rebuild and have space to grow. And if we are so hypercharged in our sympathetic that the parasympathetic doesn't get a chance to come online, it really can cause health difficulties. And I've experienced these, you know, um, things like constipation, things like, um, debated, uh things, anxiety. Um, these are all ways that our system can kind of respond when when in hyper overload, adrenal fatigue, um, chronic fatigue, depression. Some of these things are, are ways in which the that will manifest. So we want to give ourselves a chance and space for our parasympathetic system to come online and create ease. And the way that shows up in our um, sexuality, quite literally, the parasympathetic system wires the deeper places in the pelvis. So what what I will name as the G-spot body, although, and I talk about all this in my book that I'm in the process of editing right now, and the wording for all of it is so... Um, unique because the medical way medical texts want to name it isn't necessarily the way that truly honors the spectrum of who we are. So being in the curiosity of widening our awareness around language and the vibration that that language carries, but honoring in bodies traditionally named as female, bodies that have vaginas and cervix and uterus and ovaries, that the G-spot body, which is not just a spot, it's a whole body of tissue, also known as the prostate, also known as a urethral sponge area, um, that that body uh, and the deeper spaces of the vagina and the cervix and the uterus are innervated by the parasympathetic nervous system. So it's like it underscores our need to be relaxed and feel safe and have a way into our sexuality that is not just about drive and hypercharge. And that in, in bodies, traditionally named as male, those that have penises and testicles, the prostate in those bodies, as well as the deeper space in the rectum, are also innervated by the parasympathetic nervous system. So I think of the parasympathetic as innervating the deep space inside the pelvis and the, and the sympathetic as the surface, like at the surface of the body, the external genitalia, the labia, the scrotum, the clitoris, the penis, the perineal area, the anal area. And um, so giving ourselves space to slow down and actually be in presence with can let our sexuality come rise and move and have space to move in from a different from a different direction than necessarily really hyper drive. And right now I think there's an underlying or there is in general in the field quite a high anxiety frenetic field that a lot of people are feeling. Um, that is making it hard to settle and hard to really access these deep, these deep, sweet, relaxed, safe spaces. Many people are worried about basic needs. Where are they going to get food right now? How are they going to pay for rent? And so it, this, these impact our bodies and our nervous systems in such a way that we tend to be on this hyper alert and then feel exhausted or drained. So we want to give space for the parasympathetic. And the the third piece to this that I'm going to add in that many, you know, that that don't necessarily get named in all the, the medical textbooks, but I will add is the social nervous system. And the social nervous system being connected with the vagus nerve and connected as it is part of the, the parasympathetic nervous system in the sense that we can touch and feel and be with like the nerves in our face, the nerves that help us orient in space that maybe early on, as we're babies, we're swimming our faces against mama's belly and breasts to find the nipple. It's that orientation place. It's the eye contact and the sense of we see another set of eyes and we can smile. And when we do that, when we see another human set of eyes and smile together, we're, we're resonating and, and sort of dropping in and finding that safety and ease. So it can happen, This this sense of social nervous system and how we can drop in together can happen without human contact. And it's also really supportive with human contact. But given all of this, this idea, how do we support each other then for human contact needs? Part of what's happening when we have contact and pressure, maybe in hugs or snuggles or what I call mammal piles that we'll create with friends, where we can just lay in a pile together, or you can see it in with puppies and kittens and piglets you know, a litter, they're, they're in a pile. They're swimming their way to, to mother's nipples um, to nurse. But there's like a paw in an ear and, you know, and a foot. And they're just climbing all, they're just all over each other and in a happy little pile. And that's out of like not just like necessity, um, but like it, the, the value that they're bringing to each other is this bond and this connection and this feeling of safety and warmth. And, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm part of a group here. Um, so what I want to invite some of the keys to that, that we can replicate for ourselves in, in isolation and quarantine as we, um, you know, and, and, and then start to listen to how it feels for our body and then bring that into our human contact is to get curious about our own self touch. And can we bring our own hands to our face and just touch and pet and stroke our face the, may, the way we might stroke a a dear friend or lover's face can we can we smile and and look around us turn our heads and just look to the side turn one direction and the other open our eyes and allow the smile like even if it doesn't feel like it it's authentically coming like practice it bring the mechanical smile in. see what happens in your nervous system as you do touch and squeeze your cheeks and the neck Stroking through the head and the hair and actually giving yourself a little pressure, a little squeeze. You know, part of the value of what we're getting is this sustained pressure and contact actually, again, helps the nervous system sink in and feel safe. So the idea of weighted blankets that are often used in um, therapy for beings who need a little extra support for nervous system settling Those apply to all of us. Like what's it like to feel a little weight and pressure? Um, We can also uh, give, again, squeezes down our own body. Maybe right now as you're listening, you know, take the hands down the face as we're doing down into the neck and the shoulders, and then give a little squeeze down the arms, you know, one at a time, a little pressure, squeeze down into the hands, maybe a little pressure at the palm of the hand, and then walking out through the knuckles, a little squeeze at each knuckle between, like each bone, I'll say, between the joint so that the pressure's on the on the bone between the joint, not at the joint itself. So as I squeeze in the center of the hand, I might walk out and notice the bones in the first finger and squeeze that first, that first bone before the first knuckle and the second bone and then out to the third. And then back to the center and then middle finger squeeze 2, 3, back to the center, and then the ring finger squeeze, 2, 3, out to the tip, and then back to the palm of the hand, and then noticing the pinky finger out to the squeeze, 2, 3, and then over to the web between the first finger and the thumb, and then out to the thumb, feeling that bone that's down in the palm of the hand, and then in the thumbs, 1, 2, squeezing, those two bones past that and just notice how does it feel as you do one hand compared to the other it's taking a breath what do you what sensations do you feel that are different between the hand you just squeezed and the hand that is doing the squeezing or hasn't been squeezed yet and what differences are there and then Just take a moment to give a little squeeze the other way, like bring the other hand to the other arm, squeeze down through the arm and the forearm and the palm of the hand. And now squeezing out through the pinky finger, three, one, two, three, excuse me, and the palm into the ring finger, squeeze, two, three, back to the palm and the middle finger, squeeze, two, palm and the first finger, squeeze, two, three the web of muscle between the ring finger and the thumb, and then the thumb, squeezing, one, two. These types of squeezes and pressure actually support, again, our parasympathetic nervous system to go, ah, that's right, I can relax now. So if you feel like you're on overload, slow down and give yourself some squeezes. Sit with your sit bones on the earth. You know, lay down with your belly against the earth and the soil, the grass, if you have that opportunity. Or inside, you know, laying down on the floor. Do you give yourself that opportunity during a day? Or are you constantly walking or moving or sitting or lying down dully, right? So just like flopped on a couch or something. I'm talking about intentionally laying on a flat floor, And really listening and breathing, what I'll call structured relaxation, paying attention, allowing energetic awareness and tone to be there as well as relaxation. So notice, and notice the way this self-human touch can support a sense of like, okay, I'm going to make it through this. It's all okay. And that those strokes and touches and squeezes we can also duplicate this with the Earth, with plants and animals and trees. So if you have a snuggle mammal, right, your dog, your cat, that that's those ways, right, to feel pressure and support together. And then I know the the furry mamas and daddies out there that own own or have these beautiful pets already feel that, you know, whether it's tangibly that it's connected with your parasympathetic nervous system or not. I might invite you know, a new little tidbit of information, but like that sense of ease and the sense of calm, the sense that everything's going to be okay, this is a way, it's a resource. So letting yourself tap into that, whether that's with pets or outside, literally hug a tree. For real, I actually hug trees. And yes, I used to think of that term a long time ago as being something bad, which I now love it and encourage people to hug trees. But like the it's it's really there is a there is an energetic benefit to both of you the tree and you like you're in exchange like get curious with the tree like hi tree have a conversation what's i have to say maybe you're feeling really blue maybe you just want to have somebody hear you then ask the tree will you listen can i share my story with you and just ask and then share it listen for permission you know, listen to that acceptance. Now, what do you notice? So this this journey in the, in the social distancing, what my dear friend and colleague calls spacious solidarity, which I love, you know, there's a ways we can support ourselves and each other, even when we can't be in physical contact. And we're starting to bring physical contact in. So again, these things are ways that we can support us to gently, reopen with some conscious awareness. I think it's actually really good that can, people can really start to pay attention to themselves before, you know, as a reset to how we make contact with other people. Often when I'm working with folks in my private practice, I'll have folks reach out that, you know, want to learn more about like, how can I be a better lover? How can I be, have, um, you know, be better in bed? I want to improve my sex life. And my start with every single one of those folks is it's awesome, yes, I can support you with that, and it begins with you. Your way of improving or supporting a lover or your connection with somebody else, it starts with can you love yourself? Can you stand to be with your own self first? Can you do that with care and be so present in your body that that as you listen to another body, the messages become clearer? so that it's not about like what button to switch or flip or to turn someone on it's about really being present and grounded and connected and now opening and sharing that 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 who you are with someone else that's like to me the magic we get to be in presence with and learn about and be with another with another being like that starts with feeling safe to be who you are so that you can offer that and it starts with like Grounded presence is crucial in our capacity to touch. If I'm like not connected with myself right now and really disconnected and random and feeling frustrated, my touch is going to feel a lot different than if I'm really clear and present and noticing really deeply my lover and their body and what's, what messages are being conveyed. Like, ah, now I can listen. Now I can offer touch in a way that looks very different than if I am checked out or random or scattered. So let's take a small break and we're going to come back to touch on a couple of these other pieces of the topic, exploring physical or energetic connection at physical distance. Mm.
0: listening live. Today is Tuesday, May 9, 2020, and you are listening to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to talk with Leslie live on the air, give us a call at 646-378-0378. That number again is 646-378-0378. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn
1: yay thank you so as we are exploring this topic today of sexuality and touch amidst a pandemic we just explored what's it like to acknowledge that human touch really is a need we need it and that it's okay to want it and it's okay to want Sexuality also, which human touch needs and sexuality aren't completely overlapping, right? We have human touch needs that aren't about sexuality. And, of course, we also have our sexual <clears throat> desires and needs and wants. So I want to take a moment to also talk about what, how we can, even though we're not in physical presence with others, the value of what we can create across distance that has the same or the core of the same possibilities of energetic connection that the physical presence does. So there's a bit of a, for me, there's a bit of an opportunity here to grow and learn and become aware of our energetic subtle bodies. You know, we're an infinite being in a finite form. Being we are, we are, We have the capacity to recognize and remember ourselves as vast beings, much larger than the human vessel that we get to be in right now, which is also a gift. So we get to be in this physical body, and yay, feeling in the physical body is yummy and wonderful. And even when it doesn't feel yummy and wonderful, or we feel frustrated or like we don't like parts, the reality is it is still a gift because it is how we access energy. It's how we relate with the world around us. So having this body is really important, even if it frustrates us sometimes. And what I want to invite is like, okay, let's take this opportunity where the physicality, which is a little more present, it's more aware, it's more tangible in our, in our scale of gross to subtle, right? Oh, I can see and feel and touch my physical body in ways more tangible than being aware of my energetic bodies. So how about we take this opportunity to start to really widen our awareness of our energetic bodies? And we can do that solo and solo, lots of solo practices, spiritual practices, yoga and meditation, many traditions and styles of self-mindfulness and self-awareness. And we can do that with our sexual energy. And we can also meet this with a partner. So let's, let's start with first with... This idea of physical, grounded, centering presence as support with another human. So what I find is there are times, yes, I have a strong self-practice and being solo is not too hard for me in, in a lot of ways. And I know that's not true for everyone. And it definitely has not been true all my life, but it has changed as, as I have changed. And what's true is there's a lot of things for me that I started to wake up and realize actually, oh wait, I, I need human, human connection, I'll say, to support me in. I can't do it all myself. It's not about just doing it all myself. That was a skill I learned, like hyper independence, but it can be taken too far, this, this way of like, I'm just gonna keep everybody out and do it all myself. Totally a thing that I lived in for decades for me, really started to create a zone, a life of dry, crispy existence. I I didn't feel the human connection, the emotional passion, or the emotional um, vulnerability and the deep, rich, authentic passion that can come from being in presence with. And so... I want to invite there is a way that we can do that for ourselves to acknowledge and recognize a way of having grounded centered presence as support to let our, to let our bodies feel safe for something to unwind. So this is actually at the root. This, this first came to me years ago through my biodynamic cranial sacral therapy training. And one of the biggest things I took away from that was this way in which like a deep learning, a deep practice ongoing plug back into this regularly through the course of the training way of, can I be in my center? Can I be in my ground? You know, the very essence of what we did at the beginning of this program. Can I be with that presence and what I call yes. And, and be in the relational space with another human. And for me, for a long time, I think I jumped and bounced between them. Like I could get really grounded and present, but then I'd bounce over here, or I'd bounce over there, I'd get really wide and out with spirituality or nature. But to bring them all together, because we are all together, and actually say, yeah, my grounded, centered presence is a value. And that that's part of the value that I bring as I work with folks, it's part of the value that I bring as I just meet personally and connect with other humans. And when I say I, I mean all of us. What we bring to each other is presence. That's a gift. We don't have to do something or perform or or to be of value. And the journey of learning to trust that grounded presence as value and to feel safe and confident in who we are supports then our interactions and our presence with other people. And so in the biodynamic work, there's a very real benefit that happens when we can establish that relational space and allow you know, allow the system of the client to have space and to feel safe to unwind maybe some old story it had been carrying for a lot of years that it doesn't need to carry that way anymore. To feel safe, to align with what it knows its deep truth is. So there's this way in which literally bones and tissues and structures of the body reorganize to align with our who we are, our original template. So what I experienced, you know, for me, a big aha moment of this COVID pandemic and the the shift of doing a lot of, you know, all my sessions were in person. Almost all of my sessions in my work were in person. Before And when that turned off, I had to shift to online. And then I had my own skepticism about it, like, really? We're going online to do sacred sexual healing work and to do cranial work? And the reality was, yes, it's actually quite quite effective in many cases, for many things. There are some things that, that are a little different. The biodynamic cranial sacral therapy, I had a fellow practitioner friend, and we were exploring, and she had done some remote sessions and offered... To, to do one in exchange. So, we, we, I, I, so I, I got to receive a session and that's when it just clicked. I'm like, oh, I felt it. It was palpable. It was just as powerful and real as in person. And I was kind of, to be honest, like surprised, not surprised, right? Like, yes, of course it should be able to work that way. And yet to feel it and actually experience it was very solidifying. And so I began to offer sessions as well, and um, they've been quite profound and what i'm the way I, the reason I bring it up is, as we're feeling right now in a time of absence of human connection, part of what we're missing, yes, is physical touch, but part of what we're really missing is the physical presence, the fit like the physical energetic um, grounded Focused awareness that someone is there with me. Like, oh, you're right here with me. You're not distracted talking to somebody else. You're not looking at something else. You're not reading something while you are half have your attention on me. You're focused and present and right here, fully meeting what my system is asking to be seen. That kind of focus is profound and can be incredibly effective across distance. It can feel as if the person is right there in the room with you. And part of that is what's negotiated and navigated in a remote session. How does the distance feel? How does the space feel? Do you need more space? Do you need more distance? So this, the reason I bring it up around this topic is, I believe it's, it's kind of like this biodynamic work in, in particular, but uh, whether or not it's formally a session or just the medicine of Shared human relating in a focused way can be so healing right now in all of the frenetic energy or the uncertainty or the um, places in which our root is sort of uplifted, fears of financial security or home safety. These things impact the deep space of our root system. So having a grounded presence that can help our root remember and know its connection can make a huge difference in how we feel both just as day-to-day and confidence and also sexually when our bodies, when our parasympathetic nervous system can come online and we feel safe and we don't have the day-to-day worries, like that's when sexual energy can flow again. So if anyone's experiencing, so it's a huge spectrum, right? As we're in social isolation, maybe there's folks that are feeling quote really horny or driven and don't feel like they have an outlet for those folks. I would invite Really start to meet yourself and have a self-practice. And there are powerful sacred sexual practices of really rejuvenating and, and recirculating and cultivating that energy within your body as a way to strengthen and support your energetic bodies for other work that you're doing in the world day to day. So, wow, take, a, take advantage of that if you're feeling a lot of extra charge and drive. And if you're more on the spectrum of like, whoa, sex? Are you kidding? I'm worried about how I'm going to make rent. Like, Then, then having the way to support and ease and, and feel, I let the parasympathetic system come online, the work like the biodynamic work, or a really conscious connected time with a friend where you're really focused on just being with each other, just listening to each other, you're not trying to fix or change or do, just hold space together can be incredibly supportive and healing. And doing that by Zoom where we can see each other's eyes, where we can, you know, share in visual expressions that can also be helpful. And when we do that, my experience with that tool in particular and screens in particular is we tend to get really, I tend to get really forward and out of my body with those. So to, as we do those, to do them in small chunks, to take a breath as you're in the call and back up, Remember your ground. Remember your center. Close your eyes occasionally and just take a silent pause with your friend. You don't have to talk the whole time. And just notice what does that feel like as you reset and then talk again. And then make those you know create boundaries that feel good for you. What chunk of time do you want to spend online in a day? Especially if you're doing that as part of your work. You may want to minimize that. So it's it's a journey. There aren't exact right or wrong answers to all of this. This is, this is I'm in inquiry. I'm offering what I'm noticing. And I'm curious too, you know, as you all are out there experiencing this, reach out. Send an email and let me know what's alive for you or what are you noticing, how much of this is resonating, how much of this feels like bullshit, and just like let yourself notice where you are. <clears throat> so I touched on then this nature of we really can create a connected, what I'll call a connected relational field from afar. It doesn't matter where we are on the planet. We can intend that whether it's via a zoom call or a phone call, which I find to be a little palpably more available for a lot of people. You can also intend it um, without that. You can plan a time, you know, okay, at three o'clock, we're both going to focus on, on just being present in our bodies and together and see what you notice. What do you feel as that shows up in that window of time that you set aside? So, like, to me, it's it's a chance to really practice and remember and strengthen our energetic bodies that is going to be of service in a lot of ways for us. I won't even get into that whole discussion. That could take a whole other show. <laughs> So building and supporting your awareness of who you are in your energetic bodies. So then the, the third piece that I wanted to get, come to today that we talked about is the sexual flow, even when physical proximity um, isn't as possible. So, you know, like I said, it kind of starts with let's acknowledge human contact and like self-touch as a support for the nervous system. Let's acknowledge our energetic bodies and starting to become aware of and strengthen those through our own connection and through the relational field with another human. And then, you know, if and when it feels good to actually run sexual energy with someone, even without physical contact, that's a powerful practice and also very real and palpable. When, uh, you know, I have um, my partner and I, years ago when he was touring um, for a year, you know, almost the whole year he was on tour uh, away from our home. And what we learned during that year was the power of sexual connection from distance. And we thought at first that it was going to be, Oh yeah, this, you know, we'll just have at the time, this was years ago and zoom wasn't a thing. It was Skype. And um, at the time we, uh, would set up a Skype date and think, okay, let's, you know, let's reconnect, have a Skype date and maybe have sexy time. And, oh, the the idea of it being visual with video was kind of intriguing and sexy, so to speak. And we did it and we were like, this is not what we thought it was. And I was like, I don't think it was really ringing for me. So we, we tried it out, but what we learned over time was what we really needed, what I needed, for example, um, was definitely the connection time verbally to sort of, discharge the stuff of the day and the catch up right like hey this is what happened at home oh what happened while you were out and sharing a bit that helps me that always helps me that's just a general thing I know about myself and my sort of erotic journey is that I need to clear verbally all the stuff I want to know that I've been heard and then like ah great now I can sink in with you so we would do that so we would learn ways to do that And one of the ways we did it was we like, okay well, maybe let's set up a Skype date for dinner. And we'd each prepare dinner and then get on this video call um, and then share, you know, share over dinner. So we're eating dinner together with a video call and we could kind of catch up and do all that clearing. It was great. And then that would support my my body and his body to get ready to be like, oh, yeah, that feels yummy. And yes, I'd love to take this into a sexual place. Then we'd hang up the video call and get on a phone call. And with phone, we could sink in. I found it easier to sink into my own body and widen to feel his energy in his body. And together, we could really co create and get quite a powerful sexual energy exchange by phone. And I think part of that is I'm now learning and noticing through these couple of months of the pandemic. It's like when I'm on a video call, sometimes. Um, My energetic focus is sort of pulled out of my body forward because I'm looking at a screen. Whereas on the phone, I can close my eyes. I can drop in. I can be in my body and actually feel the experience of being connected with my lover and feel his body or, you know, or her body or their body, like depending on who I'm connecting with. But like that, there's a, there's a way that that connection can happen for me more easily if I'm not staring at a screen. Um, So I acknowledge it's different for everyone, but I just invite, like, practice play with experiences that don't maybe look like what you thought. And to bring in, like, sacred sexual practices, especially if those are new to you, you know, what a great time to do it, to start to go, oh, I can be with my energy differently. And I can, like, actually start to meet sacred sexual energy as a path of healing my body, as a path of strengthening my energetic bodies for my work, for my service in the world, for building resilience in my body so that I can move big energy and be in my life purpose and do my activism work or do my, um, you know, soul purpose work in the world, whatever those pieces are for you. That's powerful stuff. And the, that's the power of our sexual energy. It's not just about attaching it to someone and having to exchange it with someone. Although that can also be yummy, right? So this, in our sexual energy, I invite getting curious about some of these other ingredients that I've just talked about through this, of letting ourselves really meet our needs and our wants and desires in different ways and get curious about what sexual energy can be. So that, um, as we go then, I would say one more thing about um, self-touch and that is I offer a self-pleasure ritual. This is a free gift that I have. At the moment, it's um, available by sending me an email if you're interested, and I'll just pop it off to you. Um, sometimes it gets posted, and I have ways to, to access it online. I don't think that that's available at the moment as I change my website. So if this is intriguing you, and you would like a way to explore the journey of listening to sexual energy in your body really consciously, and some tools to go, hmm, maybe I can invite, invite some healing or some ways for things to go a different way and to really open into new paths of pleasure, um, I invite you to reach out with an email at my website. You can do that at leslieblackburn.com and uh, ask. And I will be happy to send that gift to you. So with that, we're going to come to a uh, pause for a little break and be back in just a moment.
0: Thank you for joining us today. You are listening live to Sacred Sexuality with Lust Blackburn. Leslie Blackburn has just launched a brand new website. It's clear, authentic. authentic. Let's work together. You can find radio podcasts, videocasts, and more free resources, along with information on classes and workshops at leslieblackburn.com. Our monthly temple gatherings are now in our new temple space in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Subscribe to the newsletter to get notification of next, next dates when those are possible. Would you like to feel settled, grounded, and clear on what's next for you right now? Join others like you monthly sacred body circles are now available via zoom and are exactly the offering aligned with our times that support spacious solidarity so that we can support the health of our community and still stay connected support our own nervous system health and trust being in our power to meet this work together as a community and deeply listen to our bodies as part of the sacred body circles you will receive guided experiential practices of connecting with your body in the land ways to let go of old stories and open to your own vital force, and much more. To participate in the Sacred Body Circles, simply join the $15 per month tier at Leslie's Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash leslieblackburn. Sign up now for instant access to the past recordings, as well as access to join us for the next one, which will be on Thursday, May 28th. The address again to sign up is patreon.com. Leslie, Blackburn. Leslie offers private sessions and has helped many hundreds of individuals and couples over years on their path of sacred sexuality. Lesson, uh, sessions are available remotely by Zoom, Skype, or phone from anywhere on the planet. See details at leslieblackburn.com and reach out there to set up a time. The best way to get announcements about upcoming events as well as inspirational stories, videos, and radio show archives is to subscribe to the email newsletter by clicking on the link on the website, leslieblackburn.com. And now, back to your host, Leslie Blackburn.
1: Hmm. Thank you. I invite us to take a breath. Right and exhale with a little sound. Ah. And as you notice your body, what information starts to rise in? Noticing again your relationship with the ground, how your seat, your feet, your back body, or in whatever way you're planted... How are you connected? Exhale and allow ha. Ah, allow your ground line to connect down. The presence, the center of your being, of your body, allowing your midline to be seen. And as you get curious about your body, listen. Maybe bring your hands to the lower belly. <clears throat> below the navel, feeling into your pelvic bowl, and take a moment to drop your awareness down into your pelvis and see what wants to be heard. Is there something that your body is asking of you to gently hold in a different way? Is there some story that's rising up that you feel like keeps rising up and you don't want to see and that's okay? Can you just acknowledge it and say, oh, I get that you're there and that maybe you want some of my attention, I'll do my best to listen to that. And please, please support me in a pace that feels right and good for my greater good. And maybe take a moment to drop a little prayer or wish or desire or something you'd like to grow and be with in your life. Is there a little more patience or love or care or courage that you'd love to bring in, whatever that is. Maybe just let that float down and drop into the womb space, into the pelvic bowl, your creative center, no matter how you identify in gender. Feeling this deep space of the pelvic bowl as a cauldron. And drop in that little seed of possibility. Ah, And then take a breath to fuel, fuel this fertile soil in your cauldron and listen. And don't stress if you don't notice anything right away. Stay open to listen through the course of your day. With deep gratitude for your body. Thank you, thank you, sacred body. Thank you, thank you, planet earth thank you spirit thank you ancestors in the realm of the unseen we are grateful for your guidance support and if anything has opened in your bodies that needs to close right now just to support your protection and ease in your day may it do so now ah, and then Releasing the support of our sacred circle, release you from the circle, but not from our hearts, and allowing you to carry with you your support and guidance. I invite really starting, if you haven't already, to build a relationship with that realm in the way that feels resonant for you. So with deep gratitude, send in love and light.
0: Thank you for joining us today for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to contact Leslie, please visit her website, leslieblackburn.com. Leslie is available for private sessions remotely, and you can find more information about this at the website. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a beautiful day. Join us again next time for continued support on your path of self-realization. The power is within you to heal your body, connect deeply with others, manifest your heart's desires, and experience your deepest bliss. By our healing, we impact others, inspiring love for humanity and the planet. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn.